Hello, everyone, and welcome back to From the Ground Up. My name is Carmen Milagro. I'm your host, as well as a CBD educator and the founder at Divina Skincare and Botanicals. So we talk a lot about on this show uh, about the successful transformation and what it takes. And I do believe that we uh, inherently should be taking a look at the truth about our work-life balance, not just from the ground up as we're building new companies, you know, building a new brand, whatever it is that you're building. So it's not just from the ground up or the foundation, but also from the inside out so that we could live the best life possible. And I'm very fortunate. I get to speak to people from all walks of life, musicians and artists and other podcast hosts and um, real estate investors and just people from almost every aspect. And, And that's where I feel we get the truth from is we get all these different perspectives. We have all these different ideas and tips and life hacks. And hopefully, if it resonates with you and can help you through whatever it is that you're trying to figure out, then then I've done my job. So having said all that, really the question that we're trying to, the quest that we're on is trying to find out, is there truly a possibility of finding that perfect work-life balance? Well, today's guest is very, very special because he's going to help us answer those questions and share a lot more from his point of view. And let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, Many of you may already know him in Canada. Mr. Darwin Lee is a coach. He's a speaker. He's a trainer and podcaster. He's got a passion for leadership. And he's been in the IT industry, one of my favorite kinds of people, because they are always the ones that can help me through my challenges. But he's been in the IT industry for over two decades, with as many years being a senior leader but he's so much more. Darwin is also a self-made multimillionaire through stock investments, and he invests in companies that align with his belief systems. And he, he also is the national dragon boat champion, and he enjoys zombie movies and watching Survivor with his family. Let's welcome to the show, Darwin Lee. Darwin, thank you for joining us. Carmen Milagro. I, I think I'd rather have uh, your skin than be knowledgeable about IT. You look great. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, you know, I have to, to I know, I, I can only assume that you've heard a lot of jokes about evolution with your name being Darwin, but I bet you that that works in your favor because people will always remember you. That, that's very insightful because people rarely forget my name. And right. yeah, yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a bit of a unique name. And I am named after Charles Darwin, the biologist. And, oh. and, and once uh, before I worked with an Edison and that was oh. the time they couldn't, they couldn't remember my name because they thought, well, what, was it Newton? Was it, <laughs> it was some science person, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a little bit different, right? Right. And, but that isn't that in what you do and what we all do, isn't that you've already, you know, surpassed that, that first hurdle. You want people to remember your name, but I also have another question for you before we dive into the, you know, the, sure. the meat of this show. What is a dragon boat? 
so drag i actually i happen to have like a model and it's like a big long canoe oh and so there's 10 people per side and then it's get from a to b as fast as you can and and uh, i raced back in the day and coach uh, coached for many years so it's it's basically a big long canoe got it okay that yeah, i was yeah. wondering <laughs> yeah 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 um so you know again welcome to the show from the thank ground so up um thank you for being here what, do you mind for those people that don't know specifically what you do can you sort of round out for us what you're doing currently and give us an extra little bit, you know, tidbit of something new that you haven't shared with others before. Well, and thanks for the opportunity because I'm, I'm very pleased to be on here and, and with the previous guests. Well, what an honor. So I do a couple things. I do sort of leadership coaching and speaking and training, and it's basically helping people and companies and groups of people just get a little bit better in whatever, whatever it is, might be life, might be business, might be leadership, might be work. And the other thing I've started doing is uh, sort of in the wealth coaching realm. So I've had some success, as you mentioned, and thanks for your kind words, in uh, the growth uh, stock investing world. And so a lot of the advice I've seen out there isn't, isn't the best, honestly. And I'm now working with some people, some clients who, so for instance, um, you know, for example, are in retirement and, and might not have the best retirement. So it's helping them through that and trying to, in some cases, just, you know, help them along with their finances. And in some cases, you know, it's financial advisors that honestly did not have their best interests at heart and uh, trying to, yeah, trying to fix some of those things. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, as, as we film right now, it's uh, December 2021. So something a little different is, um, so I predicted that the markets would be going down at the beginning of the year and they're starting to now. I believe it'll go another year. So I, I managed to sidestep the entire downturn in growth stocks. So happy about that. But um, yeah, I'm buy and hold and, and good companies and good leaders. And and I think, I think if, if we focus on good companies, I think it, we can be well rewarded that way. Right. And you can change the world too, together. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, one thing that I, you know, uh, I've always thought about, and maybe this would be a great arena to talk about it a little bit is I've always, I've often wondered when you're talking to, for example, like you said, you know, some people aren't offering the best advice and they're, it's because they're looking out for their best interest. And I've always sort of equated this analogy if if you want to grow and get better you surround yourself with people who have more knowledge or have more experience or have but when i'm always concerned when i hear that people are working with let's say financial advisors i don't mean to pick on anyone specifically but when the financial advisor is not as wealthy or at least on an equal footing yeah that to me seems like an imbalance but maybe it's just my own idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know what you're getting at, and and sometimes so so and there's a balance here because some some people. So I I'm very risk tolerant, and so I've bought uh, stock in what I feel are good companies. Um, so for instance, like Netflix was a very good company for me, and I believed in what they're doing. Um, but some people are more risk averse. And so buying early on in Netflix might not have made sense, but later on would. But I'm in agreement that I think you have to be careful about 
uh, sort of whom you're getting advice from. And so I, I know I know this must have happened to you many times, Carmen, many listeners, and to myself as well. We get pitched all the time from uh, across the board. And, and so I use, uh, so this is something I learned along the way from The Millionaire Next Door, the book, uh, my favorite uh, personal finance book. And I use the the secret that that he uses, which is to say, what is your age? What is your net worth? And send me your latest tax filing. And I've used that a number of times. And no one has ever sent me anything. And so I know, and this is to quote the book, they're probably full of baloney. And and so that that's what I would say is because we get pitched all the time, Carmen. And yeah. it's by people that we don't know. Not, not only do we know, not know, we don't even see them because it just comes across as some text, you know, on social media or email or whatever it is. And I think people, uh, if they're effective, should should have to defend themselves. And if they can, then I think we should listen. And if they can't, they're probably full of baloney. (laughs) And there you heard it. So, Darwin, what I would like to do today is sort of do a series of like rapid fire questions. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But no, I mean, not no pressure, you know, of course. All good. All good. Yeah, but I thought it would be kind of fun to do it in this manner. And then we'll do, you know, a little bit deeper dive. And I just want to sort of get as much out there as possible from from different perspectives and different angles so that our viewers and our audience gets to know you, you know, a little bit better than just straight, you know, question after question and all of that. We're just going to do it at a a quicker pace. I love it. and, And cover a little bit more, I think. So we're going to give this a go, but no pressure. I'm feeling good. Uh, (laughs) All right. So let's see. Um, When you first are talking to your clients for coaching, what are your top three coaching strategies that you believe across the board is a good place to start? And great questions. So, So one of the first things is I would find out where they are and then where they want to be. So th- those would be kind of the first couple things yeah. off the top. But but I think there's another thing that is often missed. And that is, so for instance, in, in, in society, in, in, in life, in a business, we're taught about goal setting. And, and goal setting is good. And of course, we should all set goals. But I feel that we use goal setting in a way that sometimes is not productive because goal setting means you're going ahead. And that's good, obviously. Like short-term goals, long-term goals, you know, like some people might've heard the acronym SMART goals. But I feel that a more powerful way is to think about where we are in our mindset first and to think of the possibilities if we were kind of a different person or we adopted a, a more productive mindset or if we were more resourceful, where we would end up if we had that mindset. And if we did that and then combine that with, Goal setting, I think it's more powerful because goal setting of it by itself can just kind of blind us to the possibilities sometimes. And so that's what I would say is, is where you, where you want to go. And then if you were in a stronger mindset, a more productive mindset, if you had a different attitude, if you were a different person, what could you then achieve and then move forward that way? I like that approach. That's very creative and artistic. So I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> You're definitely the artist on the, on the uh, podcast interview here. Hey, eh? I love it. <laughs> um, let's see. I have a bunch of questions. So I'm trying to just pinpoint. Okay, this is a good one. Uh, have you ever fired a client and why? 
Uh, I have. <laughs> and, and so fit is very important. And I, I think when you're when you're talking with the client about where they want to go and where they are, and then and then naturally the desire is to try and close that gap and to find out where they would be if their mindset is different and stuff like that. Sometimes people just say they want to improve, but they don't really mean it. And so it's, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, take payment from someone just for the sake of taking payment. It's not fair to them. And, and I'm not sure it's fair to me either. And they might be a better off with someone who's a better fit, but I do think we have a responsibility to ourselves to get better. So I can work with someone and be responsible for the time that I'm coaching them, but I can't be responsible for their results because it, it's up to them to take action, isn't it? And if they're not willing to do that, I... I don't typically like to work with that person for very long right. because they have to right. be willing to change. Right. And it's also, you know, the, the part about not being fair to yourself is that, you know, you're, you're investing in them mm -hmm. energy, time, you know, your wisdom, but it's also, it's a drain when it's not the right fit. So it's like this outpouring of information and knowledge and and caring but there's no roi on that and so it's not fair to you it, yeah, i like how you said that it is a two-way isn't it mm -hmm. absolutely and i can tell from the way you're describing that you might have been in this situation before <laughs> yes uh, what's that term there are some people that are uncoachable yeah sadly it's very true it is very true <laughs> and there's some people true. that are that you can't mentor either, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes they just think that they know everything and they're, you know, they don't really believe in this process of mentoring or coaching. And then you kind of wonder, well, what's the hidden agenda then? Attitude's a big thing. And, and often we're working with people to change their attitudes, but yes. after a time, if a person just is stuck, I, I, I just think, you know, there's, they're maybe better off someone else or maybe, you know, a different fit, but exactly. I'd rather see, you know, help with someone to grow right. than, exactly. than just to take someone's money and have them stay in the same place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, um, it's definitely a, an emotional drain. It um, is. what, Ooh, this is a good one. What brings you the greatest joy? I, I would say, this is a tricky one and I, and I love the question. So, um, very artistic questions. I would say, you know, when I'm working with someone and they have some place that they want to go and working with that person, but not only getting there, it's all the other fringe things that come with it that were unexpected that they didn't know themselves would be accompanying their journey to success. So, and, and those are the really, big things because so I, I worked with someone and uh this person had it, it was was not a native english speaker and, and they had uh, um like embarrassment speaking english and, and they'd wanted to get promoted but it was this shame this embarrassment about and and self-consciousness about their speaking english so uh, working with them and and so this person was promoted you know within a year working together but it was not so much the promotion, which was awesome, but That's it was so the awesome. fact that this person found 
confidence and was able to convey, even though they had an accent, got over that. And it was sort of that, that self-development piece, like getting over the obstacle that, yes, you have an accent, doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that the content of the words you're saying are wrong. And so getting over that, that was very satisfying because the, the promotion was one thing, but, but kind of that, that monumental shift in personal development, that was very rewarding. And that, and that is a joyful thing to watch someone is. under your guidance. And again, we you can't do the work for someone else, but to see them take and implement and, and really take to heart what you're trying to help them accomplish, you know, that I, I agree to me, that is, I get such joy out of that. I, I work with a lot of young people. Mm. And so, um, you know, just, just recently I just had, a call from um, one of my mentees and you know she was so excited that she and her team out of all the teams they won their pitch competition you know and they had to describe or they had they were given a light bulb with Himalayan rock crystals you know inside the light bulb and they had to pitch this new product yeah and she was so excited and she's like you know I couldn't have done this without you I said well I didn't do anything. You did all the work. You, yes. you, that to me, that excitement and that passion and watching her go from, she very articulate from the get go. But, you know, she was, when I first started working with her, she, it was a year and a half ago and to where she is now, it just makes me happy. I was just on cloud nine the entire day. So I totally can relate to that, that, you watch someone achieve something and you were a little tiny part of their journey. It's, it's a joyful thing. And, and that, that's amazing and good for you. And you got to keep going with that because it, as you know, it's not just winning the pitch. It's sort of all the confidence and yes. they're thinking bigger now and they're thinking they can do more and they can, they really can. Yes, exactly. And, so that's, that's, and that's our job, you yes. know, as the adults in their world to help them. And, and we all play different roles and, I just, yeah, to me, and I know it's kind of an odd thing to talk about joy in this, you know, coaching or mentoring relationship, but I personally do think that that is a huge component, at least for me, that's why I continue to do it because I do it. It's selfish for me or maybe not selfish, but it, it brings me joy. (laughs) Well, Well, I think, and I like how you said that because I think in the world of business and work, there's... Too often, you know, we're we're told not to talk about our emotions, but how is that? How is that congruent with the human condition? I mean, <laughs> we're just obviously we're emotional beings. Yep, makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense to okay. me too. We'll do. How about one more? Yeah. Um. Ooh. Okay, I like this one too. What drives you to pursue excellence? Oh boy. Okay. Uh, another good one. Um, okay. So I got to start with a story. Okay. Right. We love stories. I love yeah, stories. We want it. We tell stories all day. And so, so just to, just to move ahead with the details, I, I nearly drowned eight years ago and I uh, was about to pass out underwater and my friend pulled me out uh, at the last second and I was, I was blacking out. I was in the process of blacking out. And I was like, I was just flailing like crazy. 
and there was nothing. I was trapped underneath um, some boats and, and dock, and I couldn't get out. And so thumping the, the bottom of the boats and couldn't find a gap. And my friend, at the last moment, as I was blacking out, looked down, and she 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 knew I was there somewhere because she could hear the sound, but she couldn't see me. And at the last moment, looked down, she saw my little finger wag. Uh, grabbed the two boats, for, made, forced a gap that was big enough to uh, reach down, grab my hand, pull me out, and and she saved my life. Oh my gosh, darling. Yeah. And, and so I, I went through the stuff where, uh, you know, like, um, anxiety with, with all the stuff of trying to process what happened with mortality, with, um, that developed into PTSD because something happened shortly thereafter there that led me to really crater and I, I couldn't function. I had to take time away from work and stuff like that. But as I emerged from that mm-hmm. is when I realized that I had been living my day-to-day life rather than really living for others and and that that was a very difficult realization to have because i realized to sum it up that in a way i had been failing in life and that on the course that i was on i was not going to help people even though i survived i was not going to be able to help people in my future that i hadn't even met yet because of the decisions i was making and so at that point is why I transformed. I had, I had to, I, I, I couldn't function the way it was. It was too hard of a realization. So I, I, I opted to transform and reconstruct my life. That's, that's why I became a coach. And, and then at that point now, I, I, the reason I do the things that I do is, is to try and not just to give back, but really to help other people to, to realize their potential and to get better. And uh, over time, as, as I interacted with more people sort of in w- what I would call my second life, sort of, I think of it, you know, although in my late 40s, I also think I must of myself as being eight because that's when I was reborn in a different way. And so I've met a number of people in the past eight years that I wouldn't have otherwise because of the things I've done and, and moving in different circles and meeting new people that I would not have met on my, my previous pace. Yeah, yeah, and met a number of people that, um, in in in, I'm, I'm from Canada, that were immigrants, and their week work visas ran out. In some cases, were deported, so they had to go back home, and I haven't been able to help them. And so, my ultimate goal, um, why I'm choosing to build wealth, is um, that I would like to, not only to help people, you know, to to improve in their leadership and and their realization and and their their, you know, the, the, the financial side of their lives, but also to be able to start companies, to be able to hire people so that they can be saved from, or helped, not saved. I don't want to be like the, I'm the savior, but that I can help them to come through difficult situation from home because many of them are sent back to um, very, very difficult situations. Yeah. Wow. This was so profound. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> That's a, it's a big question for me because it um, is. It's yeah. wonderful what what you've been able to, you know, I mean, other people have gone through other traumatic situations and, and they don't transform themselves. They don't change, you know, which is fine for them. But the fact that you've done this, I mean, like based on your experience, though, and I know that I think sometimes when we want to give and give and give, we a lot of times forget to take care of ourselves. How do you 
like how do your your emotional emergence, your spiritual emergence, um, as well as your mental emergence from this specific incident in your life, how do you correlate that to your success? Or, or has it redefined your definition of success from where it used to be? Yeah, that's, wow, that's a big question as well. And, and so I'll take you through a bit more of my journey, I suppose, afterwards. And, and thanks for the question, first off. Yeah. So when you're struggling through PTSD and, and I, and I needed professional help and I needed um, a chaplain from, I, I used to work for the local police service and he helped me quite a bit because he was a, um, a suicide prevention expert. And, I, and I've gone public with this and, and, and I think it's important that we serve our vulnerable in a way that we can help other people because I, th I thought about ending it all several times and coming out of that. What I realized is number one, it's kind of the first aid part of it. I just had to get through. I couldn't function in day-to-day -day life because my fight or flight response was just like coming in when I didn't want it to. And I was difficult, had difficulty processing, even just driving to the store. Once I, I, I nearly broke down. I just couldn't handle the noise, all the cars moving around because it triggered my fight or flight because my body, my body had been near death. And, and so it didn't know, it was confused. It, it didn't know when to fire, when not to fire. Um, and so as I moved through that, got, got help from the chaplain and he helped me through kind of that part. And from that point is when I really learned. So we're talking about like the balance and, 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 and health and kind of moving forward and how it's impacted me. So that is when I made the connection that I had been struggling with something that was deep inside of me that I didn't know was there. And, and it took nearly dying to be able to realize that that thing was there. I, I wasn't even aware. And so, and, and so I'm a person of faith and I was feeling guilty for not becoming like a minister or pastor. And of course we don't have to be a minister or pastor to be able to, 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 to serve the Lord. But, yeah. but that, but that, that was a deep guilt that I had inside of me that I wasn't aware of. And so when I nearly passed away, those layers disappeared and I was left with this very deep, uncomfortable, can't live with feeling of tremendous guilt. And as I processed through that, you know, came to terms with it, understood it was there, came to terms with it. And then that is when going forward, then I started to realize I am not serving my fellow man and woman. And there's something that I can do to do this. And so therefore, having gone through, um, you, you know, fairly serious thoughts of, of ending. Mm -hmm. So then once those feelings went away, I chose life. And because I did, what am I going to do to impact my fellow humanity around me to the best that I can? And so that's what I've done. Wow, this is amazing, Darwin. Thank you. I just and all of this from a tweet. Yes, that's how we connected, isn't it? That's how we connected, and you reached yes. out, and it was just, and it was just so nice and wonderful. And then I got to share some video with you. Yes, and, and I appreciate that very much. On stage, so you know, it's you know, they, I, you, we often hear this whole, you know, 
life works in the mysterious ways or, or whoever, whatever entity that you believe, you know, it just the universe works in mysterious ways. I don't know that it's that mysterious for me at more of the way it's supposed to. Like you and I, we were supposed to connect clearly. (laughs) Clearly. I mean, you're an empath, you're a compassionate person. And for me, you're, you're highlighting and defining what I consider success for myself, for others. I'd feel like when you are able to help others, you know, and, and you, I don't know if you noticed on my on my Twitter account, you know, music is my passion. I'm an artist. That's what I do for myself. Yeah. But ever since I was very, very small, I always knew that my purpose was to help people. But there were like yourself and in, in some areas, I couldn't quite fit into like I knew that I wasn't going to be a teacher. I knew that I couldn't handle being a social worker because emotionally I wouldn't be able to handle it. And so there was this pragmatic part of me that was always like, no, you've got to figure out your own way to do that. And, you know, the coaching and the mentoring and working with young people, that's how I help people. That's, that was my way of doing it. And it's not necessarily a traditional way, but it still matters because in the way that I see it, when you're talking to one person and you can help them figure out or find a better way to to live their life and they go forth and do it, even if it's just one person, even if no one ever watches this, what we're doing right now, but one person and it helps them, then to me, it's all worth it. Wow, that's so strong. And and I know you talk about purpose. And 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 it's so important because like we connected through Twitter and at first yeah. it's just it's 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 a picture and it's yeah. just some words on a screen. But but purpose is so important. Do, do you have time for another story? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll I'll tell you story number 46. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> okay. So there's a 7-Eleven not too far from where I live. Okay. And one evening, just three fellows went into the 7-Eleven and then they waited for everyone to leave and they locked the door. So it's late at night. And then they pulled out their weapons and they demanded money from the clerk, right? Okay. So the, the clerk was shaking and he was nervous. And, and, and so one of the fellows went around, shoved him to the ground and then they took the money and they went back to the car. Okay. But they didn't leave. One of them got back out, went back into the store, don't know why, pulled out his gun, shot the clerk, killed him, and then went back to the car. Okay. So the, the police later caught them. They, they robbed a series of 7-Elevens that evening. And they were caught, I think, at the 4th 7-Eleven. Okay. But something interesting happened coming out of this. So, you know, police investigations... And I went back to the store a few days after the incident. And so the police ribbons had all come down. So I went into the store and I talked to the clerk and I said, you know, Hey, how are you doing? I know, I know it's been maybe a little bit hard, but how are you doing? And so at first he just kind of, he had the smile on his face, you know, just like polite clerk, but then his face changed. And, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't place the emotion. It was like a strange face. And he looked at me strangely and I said, so I had an exam 
on Monday. And so because I wanted to study, I traded shifts with the person who worked that night. It should have been me. And so I just sat, I just stood there staring at him. I, I didn't know what to say, but, but something emerged there over time. And that is that his education, I'm not saying he did anything right or wrong, first off. Yeah, just, but this, this is the lesson for me. It was a big lesson. His education was not just a degree. It became a calling. And so from that calling, he is now serving his community, his society through healthcare. And, and I couldn't help but think he didn't need that incident to have come to that realization, right? And, and often it is, don't get me wrong, like serious, the serious things that happen to us that causes us to change and to find our purpose mm -hmm. and our mission, whatever that is. But he didn't need that for it to happen. And it's it made me reflect ever since that we can have much deeper reflections on our purpose, our mission, and our vision if we just think about kind of what we're doing in the context of what we're doing but maybe we can do more if we had a different attitude, if we were more resourceful, if we were a, like a different person and then put ourselves in that role. And, and I think that's, I, I talked about that earlier, but I, but I think that that can be powerful because, because he, I'm not saying he was limited, but I'm saying all of us as humans are limited sometimes. And if upon reflection, sometimes we can gain insights into why we're here if we take some time to pause and listen. No, that's very deep for sure, darling. Thank you for sharing that story, number 46. <laughs> Happy to. <laughs> um, because of everything you do, because of everything that you've gone through, is there the re have you come to a place in your life where you realize that there are certain like health or wellness? attitudes or philosophies or, or wellness strategies that you employ now to make sure that you're able to function at your optimum level. And, you know, some people run, some people meditate. Um, for some of us, it's a combination. I, I'm not a runner by any stretch of the imagination. You look like you are. <laughs> thank you. But it's a combination of, you know, I make sure that I'm always aware of and I love food. Don't get me wrong. I think we were just talking about that earlier. I think so. Um, but everything in moderation. But I also believe in clean, organic food, you know, the way that it was intended by nature as often whenever possible. The same thing with just taking care of myself. Do you have some wellness strategies as, as well that help you just keep going, do what you do? Yeah. And so first you do look like a runner. So whatever you're doing, it's working. <laughs> and I think we could all eat what you eat. And... With that, but... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I work up <laughs> six days a week. And if I don't, I don't feel as good. That's for sure. So I have to, it's built part of my routine. And also definitely eating healthier. Now, if my kids ever see this, they would laugh because I, I probably eat too more chips than 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 a human being should should take in. That's that's my guilty pleasure for sure. I love chips, though. I can totally relate to this. <laughs> Me too. That's why I don't buy them. 
you 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 have a greater uh, self control than I do. Not uh, if I bought them. <laughs> I guess so. Hey, yeah, I, I I did yesterday, so I can't point the finger at anybody. Um, and I think really like mentally, uh, because I I need to. Having come out of what I came out of, sometimes those symptoms come back. They're not as serious, but I but I need to need to monitor where that is and to put in and, certain and controls. Right. Yeah, we also fine tune. Always. And and we're always changing and different things happen to us. So there's a number of people that if I am starting to bump up against that that lid, uh, that I know to proactively reach out to them and they do the same with me. And and it helps to be able to talk to someone because I, I don't know what it is about about being, you know, human being a person, but sometimes when you're not feeling good when you help someone through what they're going through, somehow it helps you feel better, which is odd. But um, I think we're just, in some way, we're designed to to be here for one another. And so that my support system, which I've very consciously um, sort of built in, in, and reach out to regularly, that's very important to me. That's yeah. wonderful. That's and that's a that's a great tip for anyone you know who's starting out on their entrepreneurial journey or in the midst of it. It's you can't we can't self isolate, yeah. you know. And I know that we are forced to do that. So I think for me that's why it's such an important aspect of you know when you're talking to someone, when you're sharing stories, when you're when we're doing what we're doing right now. It's we're not. You don't have to tackle everything alone. You don't have to do it on your own and building that network and that, what I call, you know, sort of the beehive of your, mm. your I, the way that I see it, it's this beehive. You've got your call, you know, your colleagues, you've got your friends, you've got your family, you've got all these different people that you can reach out to for different areas because we're all so multifaceted. You know, my friends, a lot of them would never understand my entrepreneurial mm. part of me. I yeah, won't yeah. be able to talk to them and they may, probably aren't interested. You know, so I talk to my colleagues and other entrepreneurs about those arenas, that, that part of my life. So I think what you said is really important is to, you know, we talk about social media and we talk about our work networks but i think that the beehive concept for me is a combination of all of that and i think we should all sort of look at our lives if we can and and really assemble your beehive so that whenever you need to reach out to anyone in different areas you can do that i i, I like that so, so it's so I, I guess it's the idea of being interconnected yes yeah, yeah, I guess so. I have to think about that. I like, but I like yeah. that. Yeah. The honeycomb, right? Yeah, like you're right. all right. We're just because we're all we're not two dimensional, although we have been living life mostly in 2D. And yes, of course, when you meet someone in person, there's the energy of meeting someone in person, like what happened between us. Um, but we're we're so much more than two or three dimensions, I, I believe. You know, so I just feel like that's a a a, a life tip, a life hack. That also helps you for career and health and wellness and your emotional well-being and and whereas you know we're humans so I think that's we'll leave it at that. How's that? 
I, 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 I love it. And, and I'm so, uh, I'm so glad we made this connection and got a chance to yeah, talk about some of this stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I know you've got to get back to your day and Darwin, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me today. I feel like I've known you my entire life. I have I to feel say. like it too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Um, and then for those that would like to reach out to you to learn more about your coaching and all the other, you know, your podcast, we need to mention your podcast and how they can get a hold of you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I'm easy, I'm easy to find, you know, this social media thing. I'm at uh, darwinlee.com. I'm at uh, modestmultimillionaire.com. And also my podcast is Darwin's Theories of Awesomeness. I'm embracing the name, Carmen. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm embracing the name. And that's Darwin Lee, L-I. Yeah. Just to be clear. Thank you so um, much. Thank you. Um, before, you know, you jump off, is there is there any sort of last nugget, last um, wisdom that you would like to share with everyone before, before you jump off? I, I would say this. I would say we're not helpless. And we're not victims. And really, if we have an attitude that if we can be assertive, we can be proactive, and we can take charge and do the things that will change our lives, um, our families' lives, future generations, I think it's completely within our power to do that. And I think it, all great progress starts from there. That's brilliant. Thank you so much once again, Darwin Lee. For spending time with us on From the Ground Up. Thank you so much. Been a pleasure. <laughs> like us. I really enjoy this, Darwin. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And that concludes this episode of From the Ground Up. I hope that you were able to, you know, garner some information, some wisdom, and the stories that were shared today were so profound and deeply personal. I really, once again, would like to thank Darwin Lee for being my guest today. It was such a pleasure and hopefully we'll see you next time. You know, it's, um, I hope that this, this platform allows you the access to information and stories that will help you level up and balance out your life from the ground up as well as the inside out. I'm Carmen Milagro. Until next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.